0: Hey, this is Mike from Theology on Mission Podcast. Last episode, I mentioned that I was going to go out to New York City and do the Bray Lectures with Fleming Rutledge on site. However, uh, things have changed, and we are still going to do the Bray Lectures. We just don't know when. So they are postponed indefinitely. But keep tracking with us, and you will see when the new date is announced. Also, Hugh Halter is teaching some classes now at Northern this summer. So we are doing a four-part class that's open to the public starting in June and going through July. It's about mission innovation and apostolic ventures during uh, the time of the coronavirus. So if you're looking for some creative ideas, ways to get the juices flowing, check that out out on our Facebook page or go to seminary.edu. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. write a rock and roll.
1: All right, Mike Moore. How you doing in the uh, COVID quarantine era? The stay-at-home orders of the
0: Illinois. The shelter-in-place season. I had, uh, I didn't tell you this yet, I had a dream last night and you were in it. Oh, no. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. It doesn't really make much sense, but maybe you can interpret it for me. You can be like Joseph... So in the dream, I'm walking up to this hardware store that I guess you own, and I think it's really similar to this hardware store that's in Bridgeport, like like of Halstead and 25th. And I walk up to, <laughs> I walk up to the hall, uh, the hardware store, and you start telling me about the gospel and our culture network. Do you remember that? The GOCN, it, I think it was started yeah. after Newbegin. So these are like 99 <laughs> actually, it's still yeah. old, but I mean, it's pretty old. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me things like that. And as we're talking, uh, Derek Rose, the basketball player for the Pistons, you speak for the Bulls. He rides up on his bike and he asks if you have a, a bike pump and you go inside and you get him you get him a bike pump. And that, that was it. <laughs> that was the entire oh, dream. Oh my, I think yeah. what it means is,
1: um, you see me yep. as your gateway, okay? For fame and fortune in the world of athletics.
0: Yes, you are going to be my agent when I when I try out for the NBA. <laughs> no? I say
1: that I've I've watched a few of the uh, Last Dance episodes on ESPN with Michael oh, yeah. Jordan, and I've been having some dreams about Michael Jordan, man. And really? Way, I'm not even a basketball fan. And yeah. The 1990s were the only time I've ever watched basketball in my whole entire life.
0: You you were in Chicago then, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Everybody became a basketball uh, fan.
1: I didn't care. Uh, I actually, when we moved from Canada in my late high school years, I tried to play basketball, but I kind of like was hip checking everybody underneath the boards (laughs) and, uh, you know, actually some people like that and thought I could be a good rebounder, like For Charles sure. Barkley. Actually, yeah. Charles this is before Charles Barkley. But anyways, if we digress, um, anyways, uh, it's good to know that you're having some dreams that are warm and fulfilling about yeah. Derek Rose and
0: basketball. And it kind of segues I, I just thought thought about this, it segues into the topic because we were talking about in the dream gospel and our culture network. And we're talking about gospel. the gospel. The Come gospel. on. Look at that.
1: Yeah. And we've, we've, to be uh, reflective, we have talked about this issue at the, on the Theology of Mission podcast. You and I have talked about it. Yeah. Before you, Holstclaw, and I talked about it. I mean, the gospel is really important. But, um, dude, uh, the last two weeks, uh, three weeks, our friend Matthew Bates, who is a friend of Northern Seminary together yeah. with Scott McKnight, who I teach with down the hall when we actually were once down the hall, actually working out of that hallway down there before COVID-19.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they've been having a debate with this guy named Greg Gilbert of uh, the gospel coalition. I don't think it's the yeah, gospel yeah, coalition. Yeah. It's, uh,
0: right? Nine, nine marks, right? N- nine mark? No. Uh, 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 oh. T4G. Uh, That's what it uh, is. Together for the gospel. Together for the gospel. Wow. There we there's
1: go. so many of these coalitions. <laughs> no one can remember them all, but oh, you mercy. did a good job there. And so uh, tell me what has been, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on on Facebook. Yeah. On blogs between McKnight and Bates, mm-hmm. and McKnight and Gilbert. I'm glad Gilbert has actually engaged the conversation. Right. Because I personally have found it difficult to get people from the gospel co- coalition. And by the way, Tim Keller, if you're listening, I've tried to get you <laughs> and McKnight together. Oh, uh, that's at great. At least I think seriously, maybe I'm overstating this, but at least six times over the last five years, yeah,
0: with no luck. What has been going on, Mike Moore? Can you, you summarize? It I can summarize it. You want the you want the play by play of the brouhaha, the social media? Well, it's not brouhaha. Maybe a hubabaloo is a better way to describe it. Um. Back to the sports analogy, I'll give a quick little play-by-play. But it was uh, back in April, Greg Gilbert. Um, back Rivers- in April,
1: that was just last month.
0: Yeah, mid-April. It feels like it was a
1: lot longer ago. Greg- weeks
0: ago. But I'm telling you, in the COVID-19 world, I mean, weeks feel like years. Years, that is absolutely true. Well, back in mid-April, Gilbert gave this sermon uh, for T4G, and he said that – McKnight and Bates, they take the story of Jesus' kingship and they divorce it from personal salvation, forgiveness, atonement, justification, right? And uh,
1: uh, we know that maybe McKnight's most accessible book on this subject is uh, King Jesus' Gospel. Bates has a a couple, two books now. Yeah,
0: yeah, he has Salvation by Allegiance Alone, and then his newer book is Gospel Allegiance. Yes, and allegiance being the key word. So folks... Uh, you need to read these two, these three Good. books. By the way, yep, yeah. So McKnight and Bates kind of, you know, re- responded and said, actually, that's that's a complete misrepresentation of what, what we're saying. We're not saying that uh, forgiveness and the cross and substitutionary atonement isn't the gospel. What we're saying is those are just those are benefits of the gospel. So for us, it's about how Jesus becomes enthroned as the king and the benefits are, you know, righteousness, salvation by faith alone, justification. And and that's kind of the, that's kind of where the two parties have gone back and forth. Gilbert is saying, no, the gospel is salvation by faith alone. The gospel is justification. And McKnight and Bates are saying those are the effects of the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus is now King. So there's a right. and,
1: and so this has gone back and forth into some quite nuanced conversations, which by the way, I think we need on this yeah. subject. Uh, McKnight used to call this the, the uh, Soterian mm-hmm. gospel, the gospel that's focused only on forgiveness of sins and escape from the condemnation of God's wrath, uh, being hell and eternal life in heaven. And by the way. I don't think we should neglect, but most evangelical, especially revivalist evangelical yeah. versions yeah. of the gospel have included and made central the personal relationship with God, the Father, mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ. So um, to be fair, I mean, that's the gospel I grew up with. I think that's the right. one you grew up with, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, um, yeah the, there's no with talk it. about it. What what'd you say?
1: What could be wrong with this gospel? The Greg <laughs> Gilbert articulation. What is McKnight and Bates getting so upset about?
0: Yeah, w- what they're saying is that he's shrinking the story. So what what he's done is he's taken the gospel and he's shrunk it into a transaction. the The transaction being anthropological salvation. The gospel is how individuals are saved anthropological
1: is a big word mike more you can tell you have a doctor <laughs> oh mike. yeah anthropological yeah. means the focus of the
0: benefits or the effects
1: on humans Humane. yep in terms of salvation
0: yeah in in Mcnight and bates and uh, you know obviously we're a little partial because colleagues and friends and kind of from the same school that w- we're part of what they're saying is that the story is so much bigger and even using the language of story is, is is a nod to what they're doing, but the story is so much bigger. It's about Adam and Eve and their image bearing vocation. It's about Jesus's fulfillment of the story of Israel, Jesus's vocation from life, death, resurrection, and ascension. And you know, how Jesus sends the spirit out to lead the church and mission. So McKnight and Bates are, are expanding the story and saying the gospel is this announcement of Jesus's kingship and fulfilling the biblical narrative. And the critique is that well, Gilbert is, is the promise
1: of yes. God. Absolutely. To make all things right yeah. via his rule over the world. Uh, but but I actually, and here's what I want your comment on I mm-hmm. actually thought that the push here from Greg Gilbert was A, you do not acknowledge or have a place for the personal forgiveness, substitutionary view. Yeah. The, uh, and, and you are thereby ignoring huge parts of the new Testament understanding and articulation, especially by the apostle Paul of the gospel and McKnight mm-hmm. and, uh, Bates got their undies in a bunch where <laughs> it's got upset, sure. got a little, you know, angry. I don't know if they got right. angry. I don't, I don't see maybe, maybe a little Bates bit, got a little, uh, freaked out and I said dude you've got to build a bridge but that part of the discussion became very interesting to me because I actually do think sometimes the new perspective on Paul Mm -hmm. which I think McKnight and to some degree Bates represent sometimes just glosses over and almost bulldozes (laughs) over the reformed emphasis on forensic soteriology by the way, forensic soteriology is that idea that there is a law, there is a justice to be fulfilled, and Jesus' sacrifice fulfilled that and pardoned us uh, from our um, from the from the sentence of death, death yep. and hell mm-hmm. and justification. Hold on a second. I'm in my house. Hey, because... folks. I'm on a podcast. Could you keep it down <laughs> over there? So anyways, uh, what do you have to say about that, Mike
0: Moore? So, so are you saying that they, uh, Bates and McKnight don't focus on that enough? Are, are you saying that, that they put they push that aside? They just want to talk about Jesus' kingship and they don't want to deal with the forensic part? I
1: mean, I, I, I'm not talking about their writings per se.
0: I, oh, okay, I see.
1: And I count myself a friend of Bates. I sure. certainly count myself as a colleague of Scott McKnight. Um, but I would say, in public, in mm-hmm. lectures, in the way they teach, um,
0: sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I see your Yeah,
1: sometimes they steam. And I think it's essential, folks, if you're listening out there, to this discussion, because we're bridging yeah. what I believe was a Christendom understanding of soteriology. Again, a seminary word for how salvation works to mm-hmm. save us. I think oh, if we're going to bridge soteriology from christendom to post christendom we need to help people understand that the Re- reformation even i'll dare say forensic understanding of salvation has a continuity with the past sure. and this is what i think nt wright does so well yeah, in yeah. explaining the representative aspects of the mm-hmm. sacrifice of jesus christ in the day the revolution began that's his yeah. kind of 500 page book on on this subject
0: yeah Do- do you want to talk about that at all, or you want to get more into the cultural, philosophical parts of this conversation? Right. Well,
1: uh, I don't want—I I don't want to belabor it, uh, but sure. I just think that um, that's what that whole debate revealed to me is we need to do better bridging. Yeah, we, yeah. Those on the side of the new perspective on Paul, which would include McKnight and include yeah. Bates and include N. D. Wright and probably a host of other scholars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we need to do a better job because I believe this is a really central, important issue to understand right. where we're going as a church engaging yeah. North American post-Christian culture.
0: Yeah. The, the tenor of the conversation definitely needs to build bridges because what, what happens is that the terms, you know, you're arguing over how the terms are defined and then you just start talking right past each other. I I think what you're saying is is true is there might be a swing against the forensic view of salvation that has, has caused the, this this disjointed conversation between uh, evangelicals over the last 10 years.
1: Right. Uh, You know, um, here's where, uh, so I want to say, excuse me, I want to segue into uh, maybe, uh, I don't know how I would describe this except to say how are view of salvation shapes how we engage the world. Yeah. I think it's really important and it's crucial. And we're at this juncture and in evangelicalism, there's this kind of separation between the Greg Gilberts of the world and the Scott McKnight's of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to understand how important this is. Um, When I teach my class on church and culture, I start out with I mean I'm oversimplifying. I'm I'm creating types. Yeah. But th- I say there's three thing there's three types going on. And three types uh, of people having the conversation. There's three yeah, there's three streams. Yeah, okay. Of soteriology or Okay. Not to use a I think some of these words are kind of off-putting to people, so I want to stay away from soteriology but Sure. Uh, the way we think about salvation. Mm-hmm. And the first one of course is a lot of us white evangelicals are familiar with from Billy Graham, evangelical forensic substitutionary view of the atonement. And and the message there is Jesus paid the price. Yeah. Yeah. You're forgiven and can now be in personal yeah. in, in, in receiving the pardon of sin and you can now be in a personal relationship with God, the Father, through Jesus Christ. Yeah. All that worked for several years for white people. Right. Um I think that's um complete um I don't want to say completely, but I think that has been missing the mark. That has its origins in the Reformation. That's Greg Gilbert. Yep. But then I see a lot of progressive evangelicals. And of course, for years, the Protestant mainline kind of liberal uh, person go into an exemplar understanding of Jesus as a uh, liberator and or um, this person who is going to flourish us in our lives, the, the message there is Jesus affirms you. Yeah. He loves you. He loves you ha- as you are, you know, um, uh, that, that carries over from evangelicalism's real strong, almost excess emphasis on the grace of God,
0: hmm.
1: Hmm. Uh, on yeah. your life in the first view of, of salvation. You know, Jesus forgives you. You are undeserved. This right. grace saves you, you are loved. Well, that goes easily into, um, you know, this liberal exemplar, mm. liberator idea. Jesus affirms mm. you, he yeah, loves you, yeah. liberates you to flourishing you in all that you were created to be. Have you seen this dynamic yeah. happen Yeah. in, oh,
0: in yeah. progressive evangelicals? Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen them both. What I've noticed is the first one uh focuses on sin. So if it's speaking out of scripture out of Genesis, it it focuses on sin. You are the fall. Yeah, the fall. Yeah, Genesis one and two. uh, Or no, two and three, I'm sorry. So you are a sinful worm, nothing but the blood has saved you. Repent. And you know you, you cannot receive the benefits of salvation. Whereas the the second, the progressive strand that you're outlining, it focuses a lot on how we are created in God's image you are created in God's image. God affirms you. You've, you've been created with these desires. Um, this is who you are. You have to get back to who God has made you to be and God is gracious and affirms, f- affirms that in you. So, so they both are pretty selective with how they start the story and, or how they start to the, quote with the problem and how they offer a quote unquote solution. Right. Right. You, you know, I,
1: I have, I'm going to show you on, we're folks were doing this on zoom. Oh, so I recognize can, that I have this chart and, and it repeats exactly what you just said. The starting point for evangelical salvation is the fall. We are mm-hmm. all sinners and frankly, judgment, judgment is the starting point right. for uh, lib- Protestant liberals. Uh, Creation is the starting point. God created all things good. Humanity, everyone is created in his, his image. Right. And so that moves quickly to inclusion as right. the starting point. By the way, I want to affirm mm-hmm. both of these, these soteriologies
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: are true. Yep. There's there's truth in both these soteriologies. But I, I want to talk about uh, how they engage, how they lead us to how we engage the world. right? And and so I just want to say there's a third option here. Of course, folks, I am, as I am often accused of doing, I am creating types that oversimplify. And as in my church and society course this this spring quarter, mm-hmm. um, which we're doing all on Zoom, by the way, uh, I, I'm talking about how one, two, and three actually go together. Right. And that's kind of getting back to what we're asking Scott, yeah. uh, Scott McKnight and Matthew Bates to do is to show Greg Gilbert, how the the forgiveness, the forensic aspects fit within their understanding of salvation. But that I digress. The right. third soteriology is this kind of Christus. If the first one is kind of forensic substitutionary, the second one is exemplar. Jesus mm-hmm. is our liberator, our murmur, mm-hmm. The third one is maybe Anabaptist is where I like to go. Christus yeah. Victor. And the message here is Jesus is Lord. Hmm. He is healing and reconciling the world to himself. Whereas the first evangelical approach was Jesus has paid the price. Good news. You're no longer guilty. And the yeah. second is Jesus affirms you. You are no longer <laughs> oppressed where hmm. you are no longer diminished. He affirms you, who you are. Um, third one is Jesus is Lord. Hmm. He's defeated the powers of sin, death, and evil. You are invited into his work to heal and reconcile, not only you, but the world to himself.
0: Yeah, Is yeah. that a fair typology, Mike Moore? Yeah. So, so just to review, you're saying in the first... first type you know jesus paid it all that's a forensic view second type jesus affirms that's the moral exemplar liberator view and then this third type the Anabaptist type that you're suggesting jesus is lord that's like christus victor am i getting that right
1: yes i mean we are lumping a whole bunch of things together in these monster historical moves by the way frank's you really got to get your soteriology straight and you might have to come to Northern seminary to do it. <laughs> so a lot of these terms and a lot of these histories are so deep and so thick and help us sort out how to engage yeah. the world. But here's my, here's my real point here. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does it matter? Is, you know, um, how, this, I want to talk about how does it matter? The question you just posed, Mm -hmm. In terms of how we engage culture, and to do this, we have to flesh out a Christology and an ecclesiology. Okay, and I contend that um, for evangelical uh, salvation, Jesus is God. I'm talking Christology now, Mm -hmm. and He did something for us in the past, and He's a utilitarian Jesus, right? He did something for us, right? Now we can appropriate it to be used both to be uh, pardoned and to get into heaven and to have a personal relationship with Jesus. For the second option, uh, Jesus is exemplar, showing us the way to life with God and his kingdom. He's Mm -hmm. an exemplar. His teachings, almost his his understanding of justice is a principled way of thinking about how we need to engage the world. Sure. Uh, these are principles. We, you know, Jesus justice. Jesus is showing us what justice looks like, what it is, and how to bring it into the world. Or yeah. Jesus is showing us the way to God consciousness and how to be fully in relationship with God. And we need to yeah. follow oh. Him and be a disciple in His way. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. the Christology there. Would you
0: disagree, Mike? No. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the, the, the second one. Correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of sounds like Niebuhr. Is that a minor? Well,
1: yeah, and I would even. Act. Yeah, you 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 called me out there. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was Niebuhr. Uh, so so the third one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the Anabaptist Christus Victor, Jesus is Lord. One is um, the Christology is Jesus is Lord. He's reigning over the world. He's working in and through all things to redeem the world, and he's calling us to participate. Do you understand the difference between? the third one and the first two and how that changes.
0: Really yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a, uh, a critique or I, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if you're going this way, but for the first one, if it's just the transaction, it's something that happened in the past, right? I got my golden ticket. Jesus took care of me. I'm going to get to heaven for the second yeah. one. It's, Hey, Jesus is like kind of buddy, the elf just hanging out with me, making everything fun. Uh, Helping me like make sense of like who i am oversimplified um, oversimplified these are both very oversimplified the third one uh it, it sounds like you're proposing more of a cosmic view like Jesus is Lord over all things and it, inviting me to participate in his lordship
1: yeah and and I think it's so important you know um when when we're in church and culture class uh we're reading James Cone alongside the Dutch Calvinist evangelical Richard Mao. Mm-hmm. And we're also reading Niebuhr and Yoder. And we're trying to figure these things out. Yeah, And what we find is that James Cone maybe, I'm just saying, maybe lacks the Christology to be able to bring the healing of, and disruption and reconciliation of racism in our land Hmm. lacks the Christology so that it always turns into something we got to do on behalf of Jesus.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's from, Oh, I could ask questions about that, but I feel like it's a
1: Yeah, (laughs) our our podcast is already going kind of long, but no, you're good, you're good. Let me just finish this out. Now here's folks. Here's why if you do come to Northern seminary, you need to not just take classes in, new testament soteriology and the gospels with scott mcknight but you need to take classes with me on what does this mean for how we engage culture as a church yeah would you
0: agree mike Moore? yeah and uh we got greg boyd teaching some classes too absolutely
1: bedroom, so. and we have Nijay gupta teaching yeah. those classes. yes now, and others uh among us but anyways um so Ecclesiology is really important because I think it reveals how it is we as Christians are going to engage the world. And for like the evangelical substitutionary, Jesus paid the price soteriology. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, individuals are churches, individuals being saved personally. Yeah. And as far as the world goes, well, I think it leads to passivity in the world. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that?
0: Mm -hmm. Passivity, in the sense of I just need to worry about myself getting into heaven, and I don't think
1: salvation is about my personal relationship with Jesus. And frankly, a lot of evangelicals have said the world's going to hell, anyways, and a handbasket, dispensationalism, Armageddon, it's all going downhill, anyways. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I just need to go to church right and work on my personal spiritual
0: yeah yeah I, I think it can tend towards letting like social or justice issues just become secondary or on the periphery or just something that kind of the government or other agencies take care of not something that the church or myself are are involved in
1: right and of course uh in church and culture we read james cone uh mm-hmm. william jennings Bryan. i mean no sorry wow uh, william willie jennings jennings <laughs> willie jennings on uh, to, big difference, <laughs> Willie Jennings on Christian imagination and how this has shaped so much of Euro-colonialist Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's important to understand. Okay, but, the, uh, but in terms of these same issues with the kind of Jesus affirms you, loves mm-hmm. you, liberates you to flourishing, mm-hmm. in this case, I believe the church turns into a training organization. To send out individuals Mm -hmm. to be activists in the way of Jesus. And I'll add, it's up to us, us being Christians, to make it happen, to make justice happen. I don't see how we avoid that because of the Christology that's involved often in this soteriology.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and so, frankly, it always turns into our human effort. And in the end, I argue. I mean, this happened with liberation theology. Mm-hmm. It happened with various forms of, of civil rights movement. In the end, it turns to violence.
0: Right. So the, the the critique or the the pushback on that would be: okay, white men talking about this. Of course, you're not going to be prone to do the activism because uh, it doesn't necessarily affect you as personally. How to how do you respond to
1: yeah well i respond to that with my third option okay yeah okay uh my third by, by the way uh um i think something we gotta know about the section second option mm-hmm. because it starts with creation and i have seen this in a lot of evangelical churches progressive evangelical churches it starts with creation and so the impact on society is often this idea Uh, that we are going to restore creation and it enforces what we determine to be creation.
0: I see. Yeah. It, yeah. It reinforces the power structures. Yeah. Yeah. The power structures that are already in place aren't questioned. It just people wrestling over who has the upper hand. Right. And
1: boy, this gets so thick. And again, folks, church and culture class, you can even audit it if you don't want to take it. Uh, But Uh, even MLK uh, had this version of soteriology and the way he thought about human structures Mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, somebody like Malcolm X would critique him on, you have not seen the whiteness at work in white society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so the last, my last uh, option, though, to answer your question about, Mm -hmm. well, it's easy for you to say, um, you know, uh, it's easier for you to critique the violence that's inherent in this second soteriology. I, I would say, though, that for, for the Anabaptist vision, the Christus Victor vision tied to Anabaptist vision, church is this social reality, mm-hmm. social reality. It's a politic unto itself where we are working out what it means to live under the rule and reign of Jesus as Lord and it's from that place that we become a viable um force to engage and witness to God's presence in the world and what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. When when um uh you know we've had some violence in Georgia.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. A man
1: was murdered mm-hmm. mercilessly by two white guys caught up in white privilege. That's my assessment. Yeah. And I, I put on my Facebook, by the way, you can follow me on Facebook. I put on Facebook, the church of Jesus, be apprised, government of Georgia. The church of Jesus Christ is watching. Mm-hmm. And we are working for justice. We are not going to let this pass. Yeah. And, um, I just think when you have a church that lives the justice and reconciliation and, you know, frankly, a lot of people out there are going to be saying, where is this church? All I see is a racist church. All mm-hmm. I see is a church that aligns right. with Trump. Except, well, that is not the church, Mike Moore. I don't right. know what it is, mm-hmm. but it abdicated its its task of being the church. And so when we have a church like this that – that um that can witness to the gospel and live the gospel and engage, resist and provoke and push for the gospel. I think this is where, this is how your soteriology changes, how you want to engage in justice in the world.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It sounds like the, the way it changes the soteriology back to some things you said earlier is that it pushes you to participate in what God's doing out ahead of us. And, and to stand and bear witness to the justice that the lord calls the world into right right and and whereas
1: I said the evangelical traditional kind of uh, Jesus paid the price soteriology the keeps maintains the status quo right. side, whatever it might be and the liberal exemplar liberator typically restores creation enforces what we determine to be creation, mm-hmm. and um, by the way, I believe often leads to because it's on us violence. This this vision of soteriology, Jesus is Lord, pushes us towards an eschatological fulfillment, a yeah, yeah, a fulfilled to, creation,
0: yeah, new
1: creation, a discerning yeah. and participating. You know what God is doing in the world and where He's taking us. It's going to be better than anything we could imagine if we will just engage it for the future of what God's doing in the world. I think that's a big difference in the first two. Yeah. Uh, uh, salvations.
0: Yeah, that's good. Next podcast. We need to get uh, Gilbert and McKnight on and have them talk it over. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, um, that's nice, folks, uh,
1: what we're trying to say here is, is how you view salvation shapes the way you, your church and you as an individual engage the culture for the justice, the mercy, the healing, the reconciliation that God wants to do in the world and bring all people to himself. And this is why I think uh, McKnight and Bates are on to something. I think it's really important. But, you know, like I say, Mike Moore, uh, New Testament scholars can only do so much. They need somebody yeah. like you and me uh, who yeah. can engage the cultural implications of what they're saying for the church. Yeah. Amen.
0: That's good news right there.
1: All right. So that just about brings our our podcast to a close. I've had a good time. I don't know about you, but...
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. It's been a couple of weeks since we did this. We're we're sitting
1: in our respective locations. Yeah. And and yet it uh, feels good to talk. And I hope folks out there um, caught up in stay-at-home quarantine, uh, orders from your state government, I hope that you have chances to get on the computer or take a walk or be with people at a safe distance and somehow Mm -hmm. engage
0: just like, just like Mike Moore
1: and I are doing right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows the next time we'll do a podcast in person, but for the time being, this works.
1: Yeah. Give us a like on uh, iTunes. Uh, Give us a review. Spread the word about Theology on Mission podcast. I guarantee you we'll be back as long as – well, we'll be back for a very long, long time. But we will not let COVID-19 disturb our schedule of doing <laughs> Theology on Mission podcast. I, I don't have the – by the way, Mike, Moore, unfortunately, I don't have the little, like um, – a description of what Theology on Mission podcast is. Theology, engaging mission. Uh, Oh, yeah. Engaging the the questions
0: of the church and culture, kingdom, God, mission, yada, 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 yada.
1: Bummer. Bummer. Because we're not (laughs) in a sound studio in the basement of Northern library northern seminary library so uh anyway sorry folks i didn't give a very good intro but i'll get back to it as soon as i possibly can. yeah that's okay until then i guess mike moore uh it's been good to be with you for always and uh we'll do this again next week until then folks uh, please tune in again next week good to be with you till next time it's david fitch and mike moore over and out